Welcome to the Lake Mac Way, where we spend some time with our people who make Lake Macquarie a great place to live and work. Madison Malone, Waste Services Officer. Okay, Maddie, welcome to the Lake Mac Way. What do you do here at the council? Thanks, Craig. I have been at council now five years. Originally started in the financial services department in accounts payable, which is now called procure to pay. And I've had a couple of secondments within that five years. I've been down at CityWorks and been a business assistant and been the business assistant to the CFO at council. And now I am down in the waste services department. Do you love your job? I love my job. Dealing with garbage. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> well, this is why I've asked you, because a lot of people might say, oh, gee, that's not a particularly, you know, exciting job. Nothing wrong with that as a job. But I just saw your face light up when you told me what you did. And I thought, you know, Maddie loves this stuff. Yeah, I deal with some really interesting people in the community. Um, and I find a lot of great pleasure out of helping those people out. And it normally comes down to helping them out with their waste issues. Mm-hmm. How do you go about that? What's the nuts and bolts of the job? Um, I would say I definitely prefer to communicate with people via phone. If if I've got a customer who's maybe emailed in with an issue, I'd like to touch base via phone with them. Um, and I have a quite a large team that is both indoor and outdoor staff and we all work really well collaborating to make sure we get the job done yeah everyone i've spoken to on this series on this podcast the lake mac way have told me what a great place lake mac council is to work why is that I definitely agree. Um, Like I said, I've been here five years and I've had some really great opportunities whilst working here. Um, Of recent, I am part of a network of interest group called Spark, which is supporting women in Lake Macquarie Council. So that's on top of my day job. I have the pleasure of um, working alongside three other lovely ladies in council um, and we organise four sessions a year um, and they are areas of interest such as health and wellbeing, social interest, growth and motivation. So um, we've recently just done one of our main events of the year which was International Women's Day Um, and I would say that's a really positive part in not just my job but allowing me to be more myself whilst working at Lake Macquarie Council and having that impact on women who also work here. So your job is allowing you to engage in your own passions? Correct massively yeah yep and um, yeah it could be as simple as um I really enjoy fashion um, and I, prior to my career here at council, I was a hairdresser um, and one of those networks of interests that um, we can delve into is like social interests. So we recently held an event, an event where we had um, a lovely lady, Kate Kohler. She's a fashion um, designer who works for Westfield and she came along and did a talk session with um, our women um, in the Spark group and just educated people on giving them tips and tricks and how to dress for certain events and yeah it was really good. So this is all encouraged within the the workplace 
by uh, the the administration, by the management, by the CEO? Yeah, so more than um, originally um, sparked the idea, excuse the pun, (laughs) of um, spark. And ever since, I think that was about three or four years ago, it's just grown. And we're not the original four girls that run it. There were previous um, women before us, but it's kind of like handing the baton on. So passing it on to someone else and another group of people who also are going to get joy out of that. So let's talk a bit about you. Were you born here, when I say here, Newcastle? Yeah, I was. I was born, um, I was a John Hunter hospital baby um, and grew up in Lake Macquarie. So what was the life like, you know, through your, you know, your, before you were 10, the, from the time you can remember life and, and what you were doing through maybe to your teenage years? What, what, what interested you and, and what was your... What was your childhood like? It was good from what I remember. Um, no, it, it was really great. I um, have an older brother. He's three years older than me. always wanted to be like him. I always wanted to do all the things he was doing. Maybe that's where um, that old soul in me kind of popped up because I always thought I was older and more advanced than he was. Um, and we always spent the summers down at the local beaches. We grew up in Whitebridge, so our local beach was Dudley. Um, We went through Nippers at Redhead Beach, had to get our um, surf life saving certificate to make sure we could go down to Dudley Beach alone. Um, And yeah, I would say our, our life was great growing up as children, yeah. Did you like nippers? Because I've spoken to a few people who thought, oh, gee, this is a chore. Mum and Dad want me to do nippers. I've got to go down and get the medallion, learn how to swim and get on the boards. I don't want to do it Sunday morning. Were you one of those kids? I definitely hated it. (laughs) I would say I would probably cry. (laughs) Quite often on a Sunday morning, I would wake up and go, oh, it's the worst. Yeah. But I love the ocean and... I like it kind of shocks me that I hated it so much um, because now any spare moment that I've got I love to be at the ocean and I love to do laps in Mayfield pool so I love water um, and I know if if I'm to have children I definitely like them to do nippers um, and the social aspect like I know my parents um, they met some great people along the way and so did my brother and I and we still I would say are connected to those people. So the fact is your parents did you a massive favour in making you go to nippers even though you hated it because you can now not only swim well you might be able to save someone else. Yeah thanks mum and dad (laughs) definitely. You said you were an old soul, or people described you as an old soul. It's a term I've heard many times. What's, what does old soul mean to you? I'm not sure. I would say that like, there's definitely been times in my life where I've felt like I've lived here before. I know certain things, or I see, maybe I see life in a different lens than, than people who maybe around my age yeah so when you say that is it like because I've heard of this we could go down another rabbit hole here altogether and this this could be a very long conversation but it's like the uh, 
the when you uh, in a situation or you see somebody let's let's just say let's keep it simple you meet someone for the first time and do you get that feeling that I've met you before you know them straight away you feel like you've got a connection straight away yeah I would say that just sitting here with you this morning just having a conversation and um, feeling comfortable around speaking about who I am and what I've been through definitely yeah not always to everyone but I definitely feel like I've got a good intuition to know hey I'm, I'm going to be able to hold a nice conversation with this person yeah. what about challenges in your life what have been some of the things the hurdles the adversity the challenge because uh, I've always thought that none of us get through with a clean slate in terms of uh, challenges and, and tough times. What would you say about that? Yes. Um, so I would say by the age of 25, I had had definitely faced some some tough situations that I wouldn't like to wish upon anyone. Um, I'd lost a baby at six months gestation and I had left a domestic violence relationship and I feel like that shifted the way I definitely felt about a lot of aspects in life. Um, It's made me grow into the person I am, which I am so grateful for. Um, But yeah, it was very eye-opening and changed me a lot yeah do you think situations like that really challenging tough situations and that's one of them that that's an example of one really tough situation do you think if people don't have the support or the network around them and they maybe don't get the help they need you can go one of two ways it can either break you or it can make you 100 percent. i know that if i didn't have my family and my really close friends, um, the outcome would sadly have been a lot different to what it was, yeah. And I think that's where I find that really strong passion um, with um, the beauty of being able to do sparking counsel and being around women and knowing that like, I'm more than happy to have a conversation with anyone. I want to be, I want people to know that they can come and talk to me and because you don't know what's going on in someone's life. You know, someone could just show up to work and have had the absolute worst night of their life and just sit in front of their computer and work away and you don't know what happens when they go home. So, yeah, I think it's it's really important to surround yourself around people that are there to support you without judgment and I know that's sometimes really hard um I know that people are quick to judge or struggle to understand how you get yourself in certain situations but having that network of strong people is a a must yeah Maddie Malone is with me today on the Lake Mac Way podcast you talked about the maybe you have a better um, empathy. Is that the right word? You, you can empathise more now with other people and their struggles than maybe you could before you had your own. Yeah, I think so. 
Look, I feel like I've always been quite an empathetic and maybe even an emotional child. Um, but I definitely, I definitely hold space for people, for sure. Are you the sort of person at work where you might walk around and actually have your eyes wide open and your antenna up to go, I think they're struggling today and I'm going to go and put a metaphorical hand on the shoulder and just check in to see if they're all right or do you sense people come to you first? Oh, good question. I think it would probably happen both ways. Um, I have noticed since working um, in the waste department, I've built some really, really lovely friendships. Um, And whilst I've been down there, I've started a morning tea club. And the rules of the morning tea club is it's once a month and you come and we don't talk about work. We just it's like Fight Club. Yeah. Rule, rule one: Don't talk about Fight Club. Yeah, we don't talk about work. We have some beautiful homemade goods that um, I bake at home, and we just kind of check in with each other because it's like I said, you don't know what someone's going through, and it's also so important that even though you're in a work environment, it's completely to go. It's completely okay to go. Hey, Craig, how are you today? How's life treating you? To open up that conversation. Is this a group just for women or do men go to this group? Men go to the group too. Um, It's different to the Spark. This is just, um, I just started it in the waste department. Anyone's welcome. Um, We have rangers down there who've started to um, spark a bit of interest and want to come themselves. Um, And it's a $7 buy-in once a month and you get a yummy morning tea and... Seven bucks. Jeez. Oh, no, that's good value. <laughs> it is a really good value. I make some delicious food. I'm sure um, I'm sure everyone will happily rave about it. Yeah. Do blokes need to do more for themselves in the, the talking area? Because, you know, they need to get more off their chest. Do they hold in too much at their own, to their own detriment? Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yep. I have um I have recently realised um working in a department where majority of the staff I would say are men, um, that a lot of it is surface level conversation. Um and I'm like, let's dig a little bit deeper, let's, you know, have have some serious conversations or ask some serious questions and some people sadly shut down. Yeah. They straight shut. away. Mm, straight away or maybe like, yeah, maybe it might just be um, building up that trust and that rapport and know that like, hey, this is a safe space to hold a conversation in. I'm happy to listen. Let's have a lunch break together. I reckon you'd be great at your job, okay. But have you ever thought about doing branching out on this um, same same theme, you're a great talker, great communicator, counselling. Would you be a counsellor? Could you be a therapist? Does that ever appeal to you? Look, if I look back at where my career started and I was a hairdresser, I would have said that we were psychologists that were being paid for it, 100%. Um, and I love people and I love talking like I said to you earlier, I think I'm like borderline introvert, extrovert. Um, I could definitely give it a go. 
And what would be the biggest challenge for you personally to do that job? Tough question. I think when I look at myself now, it's knowing that it's okay to listen to people's problems and not take them on. It's okay to know that we can have this conversation and I want you to know it's safe to have this conversation, but Maddie Malone doesn't go home and lose sleep over it. Were you always like that? Maybe back in your hairdressing days? Because I know people tell hairdressers everything and maybe they walk home after getting their hair done and go, I shouldn't have told Maddie all that information. No, I didn't know how to set a healthy boundary. And it's something that I've learned um, with a lot of self-reflection, definitely, yeah. Do you miss hairdressing? No, I still do. I still do mum's hair. She was over on Monday night. Yeah, no, I, um, I really loved hairdressing for the creative aspect. I think I'm quite a creative person. Um, but I find that in other other ways in my job or in my life now. My partner will tell you I've always got a project going. <laughs> so Maddie Malone with me on the Lake Mac Way podcast today. Would we are we getting into an area here in this conversation where other employees here at Lake Mac? council or even friends that work here would be going I didn't know that about Maddie oh I'd say like my closest friends and um, my closest colleagues would probably know because I've I'm happy to have conversations with but yeah there'd definitely be people at council that would know me by my face but probably know nothing about me I try and be that person in the room to give eye contact and give a wave to someone that I don't know um, and make them feel welcome. But I haven't, there's like 1,300 staff. I haven't had the opportunity to meet them all, so. Well, you will now. You're a star. You're a podcast star. <laughs> it's a dream of mine, Craig. <laughs> really? You want to be a podcast star? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to have a podcast. Well, own. you're starting now. This is your first. And remember, I knew you before you were famous, okay? <laughs> Thanks. Now... Let's go on to the biggest influences in your life, maybe your mentors, the first names that come to mind. I would say my dad, firstly. Um, He's the man that told me that every morning I get up, I need to look in the mirror and tell myself that I love myself and move on. Like, that's how we start the day. Um, Him and my mum are amazing people and they've both been through a bit of hardship themselves. That was hardship. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, I would say that when I think of someone who has been there and maybe told me to keep going or push through or go for that job interview or um, get up and try again, it would always be my dad. Me and him are thick as thieves. Soulmates. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Are they messages that you really needed to hear sometimes? Definitely. And I even pass that message on to my partner now. Like, it's important to get up and look in the mirror and tell that person you love them. Because some days, no one else may tell you. And I think that's that's an important message to say to yourself and 
back yourself. Mm. Definitely. How important is self-talk? The, the, the messages you give yourself. Yeah, they're influential, aren't they? Um, I would say that there's been times in my career where I've um, maybe struggled with self-talk um, and maybe not given myself the the upper that I kind of needed to go like, you've got this, you're really good at your job, you know, you're making a difference. Um, and I've kind of struggled with direction. Um, so self-talk's important. You talked about, when I asked you about hardship, challenge, you, you talked about having lost a, a baby, which is a big thing. That's a big, big deal. What about anything else that's caused you grief? You also talked about the, the relationship, domestic violence um, situation that you endured but got through and has, you know, toughened you up and made you the person you are today. But is there something else you can look through and say, I got through that, I needed to, I've grown as a result, but bloody hell it was hard? Yeah, I think I would say um, watching my parents lose their business and lose... um, Sadly, I would say lose themselves through that process for a period of time and knowing that um, at the end of the day it was important to stay a family unit. We all worked in this business at the time this was happening, myself, my mum, my dad and my brother. Um, And knowing how important it was to stay strong and hold those values where we all work through this together and don't hold blame against each other and and come out of it stronger but that was that was hard knowing that I've always seen my parents as super strong and independent people and seeing them go through that and and losing that kind of um control and losing that vision of what we thought was meant to be in our future was devastating. How long ago was that? That was in 2018. So just on the on the the verge of COVID or was that when COVID started? Help me out there. I'm not good with dates. Yeah, it was prior to COVID. Um, I think COVID was the March 2019, was it? Yeah, so it was... It was the year prior. So not only does your family go through that in, in 2018, but then COVID comes along and whacks everybody. Yeah, it was a huge few years. Um, a lot happened. Yeah, yep. How did you all get through that period? And I'll ask you, how did you get through COVID? Did you do okay? I think I did, yeah. I think... Um, through COVID's where I really started to delve into um, who is Maddie Malone? What does Maddie Malone want? How does she get it? And um, what does she need and who does she need to get there to, to help that happen? Yeah. There's a lot of self-work going on that in that time. Yeah. So you, you sat down, basically. You got a pen and paper out. And you said, how am I going to make 
Maddie Malone a star. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe a few pens and a few papers and a few tears. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you've got through, through COVID. So a lesson? What was a, you know, you, you found out a bit about Maddie Malone through that period and you, you did the intra, introspection through that period. So um, what did you learn? I learned that even though the world was turned upside down, that we could still keep moving. We still had services to provide. If I look at it from a work aspect, we still had services to provide. We could all still adapt working from home and we could still deliver amazing results to our community. And I think that's really, really important and something that Lake Macquarie Council should be really proud of. The hairdressing bit. I just cannot get the hairdressing bit out of my head here. Not because it's an extraordinary job, but it it interests me from the point of view of all hairdressers, not just the Maddie Malone story, because I know hairdressers are effectively psychologists or counsellors because they get told stuff. What's the most amazing story somebody, a client ever told you? Can you remember doing someone's hair, client tells you a story and you go, oh my God. I don't know if I can. Well, you probably can't, but they were. <laughs> you probably can't for this podcast, but there's been a few of those. There's definitely been a few, yeah. I, um, I'll tell you a funny story about myself. I shaved my hair for the world's greatest shave. So picture that. I'm a hairdresser and I'm now officially bald. Like, do you trust a bald hairdresser? It's a bit of a worry. Um, Anyway, so I decided to grow a mohawk back and um, it was coming up to Melbourne Cup Day. And back then it was hairdresser's picnic day. So it was quite a um, significant day for hairdressers. Um, and I had a lovely friend, um, Nikki, help me make a flowered mohawk. Um, and this mohawk weighed about one and a half kilos. And I got some cornrows in my mohawk. <laughs> and I had it stitched in with dental floss. And I wore this fabulous big flowered mohawk and... Um, We had an event on at Noah's and I rocked up there. Didn't think of the logistics about how I was going to fit into a car with this huge thing on my head. So I've kind of hung on. This is is a mohawk with your own hair? So my own hair was cornrowed and then this mohawk was um, made out of all different types of flowers um, stitched onto some hairdressing donuts um, and then... The hairdressing donuts were stitched into the cornrows with dental floss because it was quite strong. <laughs> um, so I've arrived at Noah's and um, they've already oh, – I was running late because we didn't work out the logistics of how I was going to fit in a vehicle with this huge thing on my head. So I've kind of hung my head out the window most of the ride from Whitebridge to Newcastle. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I've rocked up to this event and, um, been told that they've already announced the runners up for the fascinator competition. And then they've called it quits and said, we're going to have to redo it. Look at Maddie Malone. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I ended up winning the, um, fascinator competition for the day. Um, ended up with my face on the front of the Newcastle Herald 
and as you do yeah it was a pretty good story my boss um the salon got a bit of a shout out and my boss kind of let me have the day the next day off thankfully (laughs) i want to ask you uh, now uh, towards the back end of of this chat and it's been terrific chatting to you today the you're now 25 you tell me is that right no i was 20 i'm now 29 29 wow you are an experience (laughs) so the we hear a lot today about the challenges that our kids face from 12 years of age onwards through until mid-20s there's a whole range of different challenges that that age group face both boys and girls Social media is a huge part of it. There's a huge bullying aspect to social media if it's um, you know allowed to get away. There's the the whole self-esteem thing with some of the that sort of stuff which kids have a look at, and they treat themselves or judge themselves harshly. Have you got any advice or observations for those kids? Oh, I would definitely say. Look, as much as I get caught up in social media, I would say... So do I. Yeah, it's it's addictive, right? It can be a bit of a spiral effect. Um, I think for me, if I look back at the things that I did in my childhood that really um, influenced me was being a part of a team sport and exercise, I think, you know... I. I struggled with my weight as a child and um, it's now that I look back and go like, thanks, mum and dad, you you put us into swimming. You made us play netball and football. Yes, there's probably kids now that'll say, my parents can't make me do anything. But um, I, I will definitely say that, yeah, being active and and living that fulfilling life. And I know that natural feeling of after you go and do 20 laps in the swimming pool how good does that make you feel Mm. if you could if I could bottle that feeling up and pass it on to the next person and go you know today you don't feel like diving into the pool but have a bottle of this feeling Mm. and that's what you're going to get once you've you're done if I could give that to someone in life Mm. yeah it'd definitely help them out bullying give me some advice for kids on bullying and the the impacts that bullying can have. You want to comment on that? Mm. I know for me, when I was bullied in school, I know that I always was really honest with my parents about it. I told them what was going on and I think that's where my dad kind of would step in and go, Maddie, you need to be okay with yourself. You need to love yourself. You need to be true to yourself. You need to be honest with yourself, like what other people have to say about you. If you know in here what you're feeling and who you are, those things should just bounce off you. And there were times where they definitely didn't bounce off me. Um, But yeah, I would say being sure of yourself and yeah, knowing who you are. I know it's easier said than done though, isn't it? It's pretty good advice, though. And you're right, it is easier said than done, but you've offered us some wisdom today, even day of 29 years young. It's been great to talk to you. It's been great to meet you today. This is the first 
podcast that Maddie Malone has done, and it won't be the last. Thanks, Craig. It's been a blast. The Leak Mike We is produced by Leak Macquarie City Council. <laughs>